Hello and welcome to Clamp, the weekly podcast where we discuss all things related to creating, living, and making projects. I'm Grant Alexander, and joining me as always is Morley Kurt and Adam Mackey. Today, before we start the show, I want to mention that last week we put out a Clamp Classic. And if you liked that, message us, let us know. If you didn't like us, really mention it. And we won't do it in the future, but we seem to have gotten a few new followers recently. So we thought we'd pull one of the shows that we had a really good time recording uh, and put it up as a classic because we had to miss the week because both Morley and I were at Maker Camp and that kind of screwed with the schedule when in our availability. Um, And so we weren't available to record when Adam was available. So we missed a week. But you know what? Carpe diem. You got to seize the day. And that's what we're going to talk about this week. Um, So when I think about that, there was one thing at Maker Camp that really stood out to me as someone who seizes the day. And that was this guy, Rasmus. Um, Rasmus Lowen. He came all the way over from, I think, Norway, but somewhere in Europe. Hot, came over to the States, didn't have a room booked, didn't have a tent, didn't have anything at all, and just went, I'll figure it out. What's the worst that can happen, right? And so I actually brought up a, a extra tent just in case someone needed it, and I put the little word out in case someone was looking for one, and... You know, I've been following Rasmus for a long time, and he came up and said, hey, I need your tent. And I, of course, gave it to him because that's what I brought it for. Um, but I just couldn't believe it that someone would come all the way yeah. from another country with zero plan and just going, I'm just going to live in the moment and not worry about the future. Yeah. I mean, it's a good place to do it considering, you know, yeah. how many giving <laughs> and handy people were there. I feel like that's sort of like the perfect setting to go in with positivity and a little to no plan. Yeah. I even remember on the last day, he was looking for someone to give him a ride to the bus station. Like he hadn't, he had nothing figured out. He was like, I'll just, someone's going to have an open seat in their car. Did, did he plan for all that or did he just not plan at all? Because I feel like I wouldn't be the person that's like, oh, I'll figure it out when I get there, but I'll be the person that forgets. Doesn't even think about, oh, I should probably bring a tent or something. Oh, no. He he just figured that someone would have an extra tent or floor or something that he could, somewhere he could crash. Or he would just, like, crash underneath, an, you know, a forge and just every once in a while light it up to keep <laughs> him warm. <laughs> just go sleep near the big dog thing or whatever it was. The jackalope, yeah. There was lots of nooks and crannies you could have hit out and slept if you wanted to. Yeah. It did get below freezing. Yeah. So... Really? Wow. Yeah. If you were camping, it wasn't a super comfy camp experience. It was yeah. a cozy up in your sleeping bag and hope you brought a good one. So the night that it dipped below freezing and we woke up and there were frost on the tents, I would actually say that was my best night of sleeping because I was like, you know, I, I went to, I went to bed like the perfect level of drunk and I just cozied up under my five blankets and two sleeping bags it was like, ah, this is, this is great. I'm just warm enough. I brought enough warm blankets and everything. It was more my hand that inhibited good sleeping. So the first 
night of maker camp, Friday night, I was riding around in the one wheel. I had been riding around all day and, uh, I was talking to Jeremy Specchi and a kid asked, Hey, how fast does that one wheel go? And I was trying to like, remember what the specs were. And then I said, you know what? Let me just show you. And pretty instantly the rational part of my brain turns off. And so I go to the end of the block because it's like a block within a campground. <laughs> I turn around and I just floor it. And all I have in my head is I'm going to go as fast as possible. And basically like the one wheel is self-balancing, but only to a point. So if you lean too far in either direction, it'll kind of like you'll overload it and it'll just stop balancing and you'll, it'll like tip down to the ground. So I was going really fast and I was like, I'm going to go even faster. So I leaned really hard forward. The nose hit the ground. I flew off and just slid across the ground on my side. So if you see pictures from maker camp and you see tape on my jacket, that's because I ripped holes in my down jacket and I got a bunch of road rash on my left hand and probably lightly sprained my right wrist. Uh, It made forging for a bit of a interesting experience, but I was still able to do it. And that was actually the major inhibitor to my sleep, not really the cold, just because with all those like little gashes, every time it touched a blanket, it was like, ooh, that's a little unpleasant. But I was wearing a helmet and probably the least bad outcome that could have happened considering the fall. But you know, that's what happens when you try to show off. So lesson learned, be responsible. I'd hate to think what kind of situation you'd be in if there was a skate park there. (laughs) How does that relate to Carpe Diem? How were you seizing the day going that fast? Were you not thinking at all about potential the future and just living in the moment? Or were you just trying to show off? Because I think there's a little bit of a a difference when people say Carpe Diem and, and, you know, jump off a cliff without a parachute. And when they say Carpe Diem and try and live life in the moment. Yeah, no, that was a bad idea. That was a stupid thing okay. that I did. I'm not going <laughs> to I'm not gonna put any noble subtext to okay, going good. way too fast on my electric skateboard. But I feel like I seized the day of Maker Camp in the way that I wanted to. So one thing that stuck with me before going and, and during the first day is Keith Drennan from Blackthorn Concepts. He, he, he said to me a couple of times, he's like, you know, take as many classes as you can, take all the classes you can during the day and leave the socializing for the evenings. Mm-hmm. And he said that to me on Friday, by which point I'd already been doing a lot of socializing. So I was basically just like bopping around from 10 to 10, talking to people, watching some watching some crafts in progress, but I wasn't really settling too long at any one place. And I think for me, like that's what I really wanted to get out of the weekend. Like I went in with like pretty much no expectations other than the the very little that I'd seen in social media from previous years, but I didn't even really look at the schedule. Um, I knew there was going to be clamping and blacksmithing and hanging out, but beyond that, I didn't really know what was going to be happening. And what I was most excited about is just like hanging out with people and getting inspired and having fun and and seeing all this stuff. And I had a video that I was working on. So that was a good, like, that was a good thing to keep me productive and give me meaning during the whole time. Um, So I'm, I'm really happy that I did that because that was a good reason to get in and, you know, ask the silversmith if I could use her torch to, blast the zinc finish off of the screws that I use to match the blacksmith accents. Um, And, you know, so I could totally understand someone wanting to like do all the hands-on classes, but um, because my 
you know, my focus is making videos more than it is like becoming a, the best craftsperson that I can. I, I'm really happy with how I spent my time in that. Mm-hmm. I did end up even after Keith said that, like just doing a, a lot of socializing and I, I learned to weld, which was awesome. I'm really happy I did that. And I, and Brandy helped me, uh, break down some mental barriers I had about, I thought I wasn't going to be able to weld until I had a house with a 220 volt outlet. And she was like, no, I started welding with 110 volt. You can, you can definitely do it. Um, oh, yeah. and you know, getting some blacksmithing in was really good and seeing Brent Jarvis from clean cut woodworking, his router sleds in action. I was like, Oh, I'm definitely going to get one of those <laughs> and make some big tables. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy. I, I just kind of like committed to committed to not committing in a way to like not committing to like spending an hour doing a class, which I totally could have done. And I'm sure that would have been good as well. But like, I think for me, like that socializing and just talking to people, I had a fantastic conversation with Keith decent on the last night, just about product development. And he's been doing those silicone mats and that conversation, like he's such a passionate person who will just like give you detail after detail after detail. And it's like, it's so energizing to talk to someone like that. Um, mm-hmm. So I, th- I think and for me, like kind of treating it like a conference in that way was really good. So when I thought of this topic, what I thought of was seeing you in the distance while I was teaching the class with Ethan, which was great. And I loved meeting people as they came by, but because we had limited people, like I had one hour with 30 different people, right? Whereas I was seeing in the background, because, you know, first day on your one wheel and then later after not on your one wheel, but I could just see you in the background, like, like going and welding, going uh, like into the woodworking tent and like going into the different tents in the background while I was looking, I could just see you. uh, And I was thinking Morley's really seizing the opportunity here to do everything. And I was... Unfortunately, like, I really enjoyed the time I spent there, but I wish for my first one, I hadn't have committed. But I know if I hadn't have committed to doing that, that I wouldn't have gone. Hmm. So I needed that commitment to get there. But I also think about it and go, you know, because I'm not very good at carpe diem. So I'm not, you know, I I just know I need to get better at it. But I was seeing you doing it. And I was just thinking, like, I just got to, I got to get out there and I got to try and i know on my on the last day when everyone was cleaning up on sunday i finally just left the leather tent in a complete mess while people were still working on their like trying to finish up their their wallets and i just walked away from them i said hey guys if you need anything i'll be back in like 20 minutes and i got brandy to teach me how to she gave me like they were literally like cleaning up and i was like can i just pull the trigger they're like, if you just want to pull the trigger, you don't have any like project you need welded. Uh, yeah. You know, throw on a mask. Let's get it going. Um, and gave me five seconds of instruction and said, work on making beads. And I was like, sweet. And I totally, it made sense after a minute of trying it. I'm ready to plug in my welder and, and give it a shot. Do you, do you think there was too much, like too much to do? You do, you, Or do you think you could have got everything done you wanted to within like seizing each day. Yeah. Like as someone who wasn't tied down to a tent, I don't think there was too much to do because you're there for three days, which is a long time. Like you could easily exhaust 10 options in three days. So I like that there was like a surplus of stuff because it always, you know, there's nothing, there was nothing like the first, I would say 
three hours of maker camp when you're seeing everyone for the first time and you're seeing everything for the first time and there's still all that novelty. And then like you get a, a sense for it and you you kind of decide who you're going to spend more time with. Although I did try to make a very concerted effort to not spend too much time with any one person. I like, I made an effort to like try to sit down with different people at every meals and not fall into like a click. I, it didn't really feel like it was a project focused thing. You know, there were a couple things that took advantage of multiple tents. So I have up on my shelf the, uh, so Avid CNC, they had a tent where you could like plasma cut out this little like tea light holder and then you would deburr it at like the abrasives tent and then you bring it over to the Lincoln Electric tent where you would weld it together. So it was a way to like unite these different mm-hmm. tents with a physical project. And there was like the knife making classes and the blacksmithing. I didn't, I didn't do any of the uh, blacksmithing classes. I just went to open forge in the evenings. So like each evening after dinner, the forge was just going like pretty much until midnight. And that's when I that's when I worked on my maker swap uh, item. So no, I, I don't think there is too much. I think that's a setting where you want there to be a lot of stuff. I will say you could not have done everything, and yet there still wasn't enough. Right. You get what what I'm saying? There weren't enough spaces at the le- like. So many people came up and said, "I wanted to do a leather wallet." We we just physically didn't have the space or the time to do more classes or or more people. And the same with uh, Patty, uh, Patty Gilstrap was next to us doing a sewing class and so many people wanted to get in on the sewing class and people would come up and she'd be like constantly saying, I'm sorry, we're all booked up already. Well, right. Yeah. And it's so, but we only had very limited spaces. Whereas I think it, there were some other things where you could have a lot of people going through quickly, like the welding and the you know, cut the avid CNC, cutting that thing out. It seemed like there could be a flow of movement where ours were like six people sit down at the start and get taught something. And at the end have skills, there was ways to do both. What, what's, what was the sort of like timing of classes? Like, was it classes only run from nine to five sort of thing? Cause I feel like I'd be so worried about trying to socialize because you're meeting so many people that you've talked to over the years on line that you've never actually met in person that I would actually just right. want to sit and chat or a lot of people did that, which is exactly why Keith gave that great advice. And he gave the same advice to me. Um, he said, don't socialize during the day. Cause that's when the classes are open. But that's right? what I'm saying. I, I think for me, that wasn't good advice. <laughs> like I can see for some people like, but it, no, it was, I mean, I did a lot of socializing during the day though, but you didn't do it in the way that a lot, like he was saying, like you stand around at the pavilion and just chat. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, I was going around from tent to tent, like socializing within right. the context of each, each booth. Yes. And that's, you were still seizing the opportunity for those people, like the people who couldn't move, you were right. going to them. There were people who like didn't leave the pavilion because they were just stuck in conversations with people the whole day. Um, that's what Keith yes. was trying to tell you. Don't do that. Get, keep, keep moving. Don't, don't just sit there and, and right. don't. Yeah. So I think you actually listened to him as much as you may not have got what he was trying to say, but you did it anyways. <laughs> All right. uh, I feel like it would be, yeah, very hard for me to move away from that sort of aspect. Like you take, um, like, so SEMA, they do classes and stuff, right? Like West Coast Customs, they've got their classes and that, but you don't know anyone. Like you're just going to like a big like conferencing. Whereas I feel like Maker Camp, like there's so, like the common ground there is so much more that you just would want to talk to everyone. So the beauty is in a lot of things that when you're doing making, there's repetitive tasks. Now like welding, you can't talk yeah. to the buddy next to you while you're welding, but the leather, you start doing the uh, stitching 
Well, yeah. you can talk to people while you're stitching, right? Um, mm. This the same with like there was one of the the biggest things I wanted to do as soon as I saw it was Total Boat put on this uh, Maker Regatta. So they had little toy boats that you were like laser cut, and you did a uh, stitch and glue construction. And Andrew Zito's uh, kayak, if you watch that, is a, is a stitch and glue construction. Um, mm-hmm. It was awesome because you could go there and do one part of it and then come back two hours later when the epoxy cured or longer because it was really, really cold and uh, and then do the next part. And so you could come and you were working in that tent multiple times with different people. So yeah, I, I just thought yeah. that was a really good way. You could socialize while out still doing the things, while still seizing the day of, yep. you know, doing the thing that you wanted to do. Yeah. And because it's all outside too, like all the tents are open air. So that was something I noticed a lot in the blacksmithing tent during open forge is like, I'd be working on this like S hook. I was going to burn into my little box and people would just come over to the edge of the tent and hang out. And like Scott trap Crabtree came over and like did a bunch of filming for me. Uh, cause I just had like my camera on a trap and I was like, do you want to pick up that camera and like <laughs> help me with some filming? Um, so yeah, it was, I think, I think the event being open air was a huge contributor totally. to, to allowing for that mixing and no yeah. rain except for that, like one hour on the first day. Yeah. If it was raining, I think that you would be so less likely to mix and mingle. You would like go into a tent and stay there. The blacksmith yeah. tent yeah. would have been full for sure. So to bring it back to the topic a little bit, um, how much did you guys sort of seize the day in, as in like you just, you went there and you're like, okay, what am I going to do today? And how much of it were you prepared before you even got to make a camp, for instance, of what you wanted to do? So like me, for instance, I know that tomorrow my kids are going to be at school and I'll probably get some time in the shop. I'm already thinking, all right, what am I going to get done tomorrow? Not, oh, I've got the day free today. What am I going to do? I had like zero prep. All I knew was what was on the schedule. The only thing I had prepared is that I wanted to, at some point during the thing, when it was, I didn't have anyone to talk to. And for whatever reason, I couldn't find someone to talk to or whatever. I was just going to sit at a table and start carving. Uh, And I did that. And I ended up meeting some people who listened to the show, which was really cool. Um, Just people sat down and were like, you know, I listen to Clamp, and we had a really great uh, Scott Goodsell was. Uh, we're saying he's a guy who's from Canada. Oh yeah, I talked a lot with Scott. Yeah, we were taking the Canada contingent uh, picture, and we're standing in line. And I tell more like, "Hey, this would be a good time to get the uh, Clamp trophy out, so we can take a picture of it." Right? We're just standing around. Why not go grab it? Yeah. Um, and he's like, "Okay, yeah." So he goes to get it, and Scott says to me. What is this? What what's the clamp trophy? And I'm like, oh, you know, we have this clamp cast, and and we were doing a, you know, Morley won the challenge, and he's like, the the guys from Clamp are here. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm the I'm the guy from Clamp, and he's like, I just started listening to it when uh, from David Pajudo's mention of it on making it, and he'd nice. only listened to a couple nice. episodes, so he didn't have a didn't have our our voices down yet. Yeah. That was hilarious. That's how he's good. I love that. I've heard so yeah. many people like talk about like heaps of like famous people and they're like, Oh, <laughs> someone will be like, Oh, I like this or whatever. And you're like, yeah, that's me. So in terms of preparation, what I wanted to talk about is I'm not very good at preparing 
and I'm not very good at seizing the day. I somehow get things done. I don't know how. Uh, but I had like a long conversation with Andrew Zito because he drove up uh, and back with me. And we had a conversation about like being prepared and thinking about the future and setting goals. Like, because he asked me during the car ride, like, what's a, what's your next project? I asked him what his next big project was and he told me. And then he asked me the question back and I went, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I just went like, I don't know. The only thing that's been on my mind has been building this silly uh, play structure for my son. But I finished that like a month ago or more. So and I haven't got another big project lined up. Like I've got so many little projects, but they're not. They're not what I, you know, thing, but I don't know. So I I don't have, he has like a list. He has prepared. He has like milestones and months picked out for doing certain things and getting certain videos out and all this. He is, he's awesome. He is, he is so, there's a reason why he's successful. Um, But so then I look at, and there's a reason why I'm not. <laughs> I'm not that prepared, but I mean, I'm, I'm more prepared than you are. I've got, I mean, I, I'm four videos ahead. I've got, four videos currently in production and I have ideas of where I want to put stuff out. I don't know if I really have like down to months of everything. There was only a few things I knew I wanted to get done when I saw the schedule. I wanted to build a boat. I wanted to make a nail with Steve and I wanted to get my picture taken so that I could have a cool black and white photo portrait from Mark Adams and got all three Mm -hmm. of those things done. But the problem was what I should have done is looked at the schedule a little better. And I should have like Pat Lapp came up to me and said, Hey, you want to turn a bowl? And I said, yes, I do. And then I never seized that opportunity. Um, and I've never turned a bowl and that would have been fu- awesome. I saw like the video of Pat Lapp and Jackman. Yeah. Yeah. Jackman. And I wonder how many people that don't know Pat Lapp went up to him and go, you're the guy that Jackman touched. <laughs> <laughs> No, everyone had seen the show. Yeah, that was uh, very unexpected. There, there were. Lie. Did you look at I, their sh- shirts? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Pat's um, shirt with Jackman all over—it's hilarious. Yeah. So, in, in talking about like where you know like preparation meets or conflicts with seizing the day, so. <clears throat> I'm I'm really happy I went into the weekend with this project. And it, that wasn't even the original plan. Like I started my maker swap item at home, but I only had two days to do it. And then I poured the epoxy on the afternoon of the day before I was leaving. So the epoxy was going to take 24 hours to cure. And then I still had to sand it. And there was like some other details I wanted to add. And then I, you know, I pretty quickly realized like, oh, this is going to make the video way more engaging, like bringing it to mm-hmm. maker camp and working on it there. So here's the video, like, couldn't finish it now. Now we're going to drive 500 miles and finish it at maker camp. And that, that brought about a lot of like unexpected things that I think allowed me to seize the day or forced me to do it. So like putting blacksmith accents into it was not, you know, part of the original idea. Um, but I think, I think discovering those opportunities, I was only able to do that because I sort of stepped out of the moment and saw it with some perspective. Mm. So like, I, I don't know if you guys find this, but like if I'm in a situation that's like really engaging, so like conversations with people and having like, having meeting a lot of different people, 
I need time to like walk away from it for like five, 10 minutes and just sort of like plan my next move because it's been so like moment to moment. I need, so th- those are the moments when I like what would walk back to my tent and switch out my camera battery and be like, okay, what are we going to do now? Like what makes sense to do next? Because you, I had that ultimate freedom to sort of like always choose my next move. And those moments of reflection allowed me to be like, oh, it would be so cool to add a little twisted handle to the box or like get this B-roll shot. Um, So yeah, like a little bit of planning, I think can sort of allow you to seize the day valuably. I want to just put on that something that I just realized as we were starting to record about switching out camera batteries. So I use my GoPro for filming and also for recording this podcast and when I plug it in uh, to the computer, sometimes the battery it being plugged in and having the battery in it overheats. I don't know why. So I found just taking the battery out makes it uh, work and never shut off. And so I went to go take the uh, battery out and there was no battery in it. I did not bring GoPro batteries with me to Maker Camp. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't end up like I had, I literally, I carried it around with me on my frog pod um, and was going to use it and going to stick it up somewhere. And I never, I don't know, didn't seize that's the opportunity, valid. but that's where prep you need to have to seize the opportunity. You need to prepare sometimes. I think, I think yeah. you're right. Morley. I was, I was about to say, I feel like with what Morley was just saying, it was more about seizing the opportunity than the day in with, um, going to make a camp, you knew you weren't going to have the project done in time, but then thinking, oh, I could get good content for the video from make a camp on this project. You're seizing that opportunity of, you know what? Like, it's not a bad thing that I can't do this. It'll actually end up being a better video and a better thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, now I wish, I wish I hadn't finished the clamp trophy. Yeah. Finished and making it. Instead of yeah. wood turning at my shopsmith, I could have got Pat to teach me how to turn something. Yeah. That would have been cool. Next time. Mm. You know, one way Next that Grant time. helped Damn me see one way that Grant helped me seize the day was on the last night, I think a lot of us, like at, at least me and Zito, because we talked about it, we were like really starting to hit a wall in terms of exhaustion. Um I, I didn't sleep well any of the nights. Even though, you know, I had that one night of like better sleep. None of them were good nights of sleep. Um and I was like, oh man, I'm like so tired. And there was like a barbecue on the last day in addition to dinner. So I'd like eaten a lot of food, was definitely feeling it. And it was like eight or nine. And I was talking to her, I was like, man, I kind of just like, kind of like getting ready to go to bed. And you're like, don't go to bed. Like, this is like the night, you know, there's a reason people stay up all night on the last night. Like, you're not going to have like this opportunity to hang out with these people again. And I kind of like begrudgingly was like, okay, like you're probably right. And then after that conversation, I had like some awesome conversations with like four or five people before I think at midnight, I was like, okay, that was satisfying. This is a reasonable time to go to bed. I am satisfied. So did you meet any of the big stars while you were there? Did you get a chance to talk any like Laura Com for Simone or, or even Jimmy? Um, I didn't talk to Laura Simone. I talked to Jimmy for a little bit, which was really nice. Super nice guy. Um, I mean, I, I, I met a lot. Of, yeah. I mean, he like, he pointed yeah. me out. He's like, Oh, Morley Kurt. I was like, Oh, so it was uh, actually I, funny. Like the uh, moment I got there and the employee of the Blackthorn was taking me on the go-kart to my campsite, I passed Jimmy 
And I like pointed to him and then he recognized me. He's like, oh, Morley Kurt. And, uh, nice. and so then yes, later that day, because we had that sort of misconnection, that was this kind of icebreaker for, for having a conversation. One thing I find with like, when you know someone and they don't know you, you need that kind of icebreaker to start talking. Cause like, you know, I don't want a yeah. fanboy. It's not, I don't want to go up and maybe some people do like doing this, but personally, I don't want to go up to someone and say like, I'm your biggest fan or like you're a huge inspiration. And I, <clears throat> you know, I'm sure people would enjoy hearing that, but anyways, talk to Jimmy what talk to Jimmy, which is really nice. Um, I, I talked to a lot of people who I had like messaged with, but I never, you know, talked to per- in person. So like Keith Decent, right. way taller than I expected. I will say oh, that. Oh yeah. Jimmy Dresta, shorter than I expected. Um, and Jimmy's got a able- larger than life personality. Right, so that, that's probably it. I mean, talk to Pat when we were, were doing the Canadian photo and his cameraman, yeah. which was, uh, which was, which was really uh, interesting. Yeah, Anthony. Johnny builds. I uh, actually had like some really good conversations with him and his cameraman, Jeff, who's uh maker's way on Instagram. I talked a lot with him. He's an awesome guy. Um, I'm probably forgetting people, but those are the ones who yeah, stand out. I, I talked very briefly with, uh, uh, Anne of all trades and her husband, Adam of no trades. Um, cow dog, Chris, I, I've been chatting with Chris for like two plus years and, exchanging jokes and stuff and it was good to finally have a meeting with them and i did get a chance i don't even think i saw him i don't think i even saw chris no yeah he left he left on uh saturday night he was doing the timber framing mainly i think which did you get to do any of the timber framing i didn't know and that's kind of something i i semi regret yeah me too I just, I didn't know how to even like approach that. It seemed like they all knew what they were doing, but then I like, I, yeah, saw I think it's, I think it's one of those, I think it's one of those things you kind of just have to hang around for a little while and then, you know, get the lay of the land and then, and then find your opening. You can't just walk into it. You got to be there for a little while or you got to have someone. So one thing that happened to me is uh, you got to have like an Andrew Zito who literally points at you and says, this is a guy that needs to come and chat um because so andrew zito <laughs> was chatting with man. these yeah andrew zito was chatting with these guys about uh they were doing this live podcast at the thing they were recording live they had a full setup headphones microphones record the whole thing it was awesome it's uh the guy's name mush mush makes and the tinker teacher uh his name is lee northrup i believe and uh they were doing this thing that they're calling it the maker's camp storytellers tavern. And so they were interviewing people. So Andrew's like, Oh, you got to talk with this. Grant's got good stories. And I was like, I guess I do. Um, sure. And then I sit down at the table and uh, Jimmy Dressa sits down next to me. And so I end <laughs> up, I, okay. First of all, when Jimmy sits down, I go, do you want me to leave? <laughs> This is my my imposter syndrome went full on force. It, I was just like, "Do you guys want me to leave so you can just talk with Jimmy?" And they're like, "No, stay." I'm like, "You can leave if you want, but you can stay. Like, you can be part of this." And I was like, "Why would they want to talk to me and Jimmy together?" But whatever. It ended up being a great little conversation, and uh, hopefully, it'll be out at uh, some point. But it was, it was like my first reaction was like get out of this situation as fast as I can because I don't belong here. 
And then I eventually got into, yeah, I let's seize this day. Let's use this opportunity to sit next to, you know, someone like that. That's so, you know, inspiring to the things I do. And, you know, and chat, he's just a human too. Like he's not a, <laughs> you know, Jimmy's like one of the nicest guys. So I, I don't know why I was afraid, but I'm just, a, yeah. I got in my head. I feel Which like he's probably one of the least scariest people to talk to. Like he's yeah. so open and happy to talk to anyone. Yeah. We made such a big st- mistake in naming names. I, I'm already thinking of like 20 people I'm forgetting, but I'm I'm not going to bother trying to name all of them because it's nah. uh, losing battle. I know. I I'm sorry if we didn't talk true. about you, but that's the fallacy of human memory. Failings of human <laughs> memory. True. Yeah, it's... I know. I knew I knew I was going to do it, but uh yeah, it's a uh, I don't know. I so one other thing I I had the opportunity is to talk with Joan from Bear Mountain Boats and they do a thing uh they've been doing it and obviously it was canceled cuz of covid, but they were doing a thing called Makers Rendezvous. And uh Jimmy, that's the first time I met Jimmy and Pat. Uh and so I was just talking to her and I was like, you know, if you need help with that, Hit me up. You know, there's always going to be need for help on a big, like it's, it's not as big as makers camp, but it, you know, cause it's Canadian, but it's like this big thing. And so I was like, yeah, hit me up. And she was like, yeah, why not? Right. Like th- that opportunity was there. So I don't know why, I, why I always put my hand up to help out on things that I'd like to participate in, but <laughs> that's cause I know I won't go to them otherwise. Like I'll talk my way out of it. Uh, so I need to be the guy that's helping out, but I seize that opportunity. Otherwise, because I, I know you know it's not going to go on forever. There's there's only going to be so many times that Bearman Boats is going to be able to put that on. Um, yeah. They're not young people, right? Um, so, was there any other ways that you thought we could seize? You you saw people seizing the day, and you know what, Adam. Is there a way that you seize the day or seize the opportunity or don't? Uh, uh, my biggest thing is, as I said before, planning what I'm going to do. I So I know that tomorrow I'll probably get shop time, but I know that yesterday, for instance, I definitely had shop time. And I was at work in the morning and I made a list on my phone of everything I wanted to get done by a certain time because I had to pick up my kids from school and then I had a list of things I could do after I picked up the kids from school. Um, like I had to clean the house and stuff and that sort of stuff I'll do when the kids are home because then I don't, I don't really feel guilty doing that, but I'm not going to leave my kids in the house and go into the shop. So right. I try to get the shop time done before that. But that, that's pretty much my sort of method for seizing the day is having a plan, even if I come up with that plan in the morning, is I have a list of what I want to get done. And I usually put that list in an order of importance of this needs to be done to what I would hopefully like to get done if I have time. And good planning, I think, can help you 100%. seize the opportunity. Yeah. Being open to opportunities, I think, is the way to be to be the best. You don't have to say yeah. yes to everything, but when an opportunity presents itself, and someone say if somebody came up to me and said, "Hey, want to go to Jimmy's shop?" My immediate head would have said, I don't belong there, right? Mm. 
nah, right? What I should, or like, here's five reasons. Like, oh, I made plans to meet up with someone for dinner, or I, you know, was going to go have a beer with this person, right? But I, I gotta say, I gotta be open to opportunities and not worrying about. Like, like you just said, you you were sitting at the table. Jimmy came down and sat next to you, and your first thought was, <laughs> "I should leave." But then, no, you seized the opportunity, and you had a great yeah, conversation yeah. with Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, you know, that was good. It was also really funny. Get out of my head. How many people came up to me during the weekend and said, "Jimmy knows who you are," and I went, That's, <laughs> like, uh, "It was just like people were like, you know." Do you know Jimmy knows who you are? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Jimmy knows who everyone is. But I, yeah, How many was, I thought it was really funny. Were? So there was only a couple people who caught me off guard knowing who I was. Most people, yeah. uh, like I, I've been chatting with them. But a couple of people, like I said, someone who came up to me was like, while I was doing that wood carving, somebody came up and was like, like, I'm sorry, I can't remember his name. He didn't have an Instagram. And so... He was like, I don't have an Instagram. I don't do, you know, I don't make any posts. I make stuff. But anyways, I can't remember his name. But he was like, I listen to Clamp. And he was. He actually doesn't just listen. He watches the video because he commented on nice. the, uh, the light behind me. And he was like, what is that? And I was like, <laughs> it's my car. It was cool. When I went to the Aussie Maker meetup, I had one person come up to me that knew who I was. And it really caught me off guard. Because I was like, no one knows. Like, who would know who I am? And I'm very yeah. curious if I ever go to some sort of um, con- like conference, but make a thing. If anyone would notice me or know who I am, I think I'm getting a lot. I'm getting a lot more traction on YouTube now. So maybe one day. But yeah, it's a it, very weird any feeling. T- anytime it happens, it's a weird feeling. Uh, the other mm. Chris Chris DeVore caught me off guard because he. His like Instagram picture is like he's got like a scarf and, and glasses and stuff and I you know can't see his face. So he caught me off guard and I I don't know. I was in the middle of doing something and I, I didn't really give him the attention it, it deserved the conversation that we could have had. Anyways, these are the things that I dwell on afterwards and I've already messaged him and apologized. I don't know. This is my this is my weird problem that if something goes really well, I have to find every little tiny problematic thing that I ever did and, and dwell on the negativity uh, to yeah, balance it out. Another feeling, but that's not seizing the day. I was going to seize the seize the day to talk about our Patreon supporters, uh, especially our F clamp level, Brent Jarvis, who me and Morley got to meet from Clean Cut Woodworking. Uh, Vincent Ferrari, who I also got to meet for the first time, and he's got his new podcast, Digitally Creative. Austin from the High Caliber Craftsman, uh, Scott Orm from Daddy Yourself DIY, and Joe Herdina. Thank you very much for all of you. If you want to get access to the pre-show and the after-show, and as well as a Morley Kurt keychain made by him, stamped by him, go to patreon.com slash clamp, and you can get access to all that. And now, Clementations! Okay, so my Clementation this week, I am... Pretty sure I've recommended him before, but is Alexandre Chappelle or Chapel? I'm not positive how you say his last name, and I apologize. But he he does great videos on 3D printing and woodworking and all that mumbo jumbo. Um, I just really enjoy his videos. They're just really good. He's very informative. He sort of 
has shown me a different way of doing videos in the sense that um, he doesn't do a lot of like B-roll of the 3D printer actually like running it. It's more like I printed these things and has them ready to do the assembly part. And I think that's pretty cool. So Cool. Well, while Mornley's camera is rebooting, uh, I'm going to talk about Brandy Abe. Um, she is just a very kind person who was always smiling every time I saw her and took some time, you know, at the end of the day when she didn't have to and taught me a little welding. Um, she is someone who makes amazing stuff and is definitely like underfollowed. Uh, so there's going to be a link to her channel, but uh, it is a French name. So Obey is A-U-B-E. And you should go find her on Instagram, give her a follow, and uh, check out her stuff because she makes amazing stuff. Okay, you guys are going to have to trust that I'm here. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. Even though I'm frozen in a laughing position, at least it looks that way to me. Um, So my clampmendation is also someone I met at Maker Camp. At Gordo from Earth, you might have seen his school bus conversion because it was featured in a YouTube video that print went pretty viral. I think it was something to the effect of like, can this bus survive the end of the world? Um, but essentially, it's like this, it's this blacked out school bus that he converted into an RV. He also chopped the back off and made it into like a flatbed truck with a crane overhead. It has solar panels on the roof. He customized like every aspect of it. And it is absolutely incredible. I ended up spending a fair amount of time with him over the weekend. Um, So he works out of RPI, Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute in Troy, New York uh, with their, he's, I think he, his, his title is like, he works in the experimental performing arts center. So that's why he does so much fabrication because he's always doing fabrication for the performing arts center there. And um, he does stuff with their makerspace at RPI. So he came with a bunch of people from the makerspace and he was kind of just there, like number one to show off the bus, but also just to like provide support for anyone who needed tools uh, or any like random stuff. So he set up his like mobile workshop outside of the bus was offering tours and I ended up taking advantage of it. Cause I needed like a drill and some screws and uh, some gaffers tape to fix my jacket. Um, so he's a great guy, super interesting, very passionate. And it, like that bus is one of the most incredible man-made things i've ever seen mm-hmm. in person yeah that thing is yeah nuts. at gordo from earth on instagram yeah definitely wish i'd gone and checked it out because that's kind of stuff i'm into but i don't know there was so much to do next time there was so much now we're gonna go into adam's slang of the week yeah uh this week's slang of the week is from colin from juniper and sixth design and it is John. John? John. J-A-W-N. Hmm. John. I think Colin's American. Yes. Um, he is. This sounds kind of like a Pennsylvania thing. This sounds kind of like yins. John. Okay, it is it is uh chiefly in eastern Pennsylvania, is what he said. Oh, let's go. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, I've definitely heard this before, but I have no idea what it means. I would, John, can you use it in a sentence? 
the sentence he gave me is these John yeah these Johns are very inexpensive oh it's a it's a noun hmm I definitely didn't think it was a noun these John very inexpensive John I'm gonna say jeans and it's just pronounced poorly nope <sighs> I'm gonna say beers no so you're both being actually very too specific and it's seems to be more of a noun that doesn't have okay a thing um okay so used to refer to a thing place person or event that one not need wait one need not or cannot give a specific name to oh so like these oh. things or those folks hmm. interesting yeah. cool <laughs> yeah yeah what's going on well, um, never that, that is one. actually that is actually the last one that I have that someone has messaged me. So if you want to get yours out, message me, me on Instagram personally. Don't message Clampcast, message Maker Mackey on Instagram. And yes. yours could be featured next week. Right. Uh, and if you if we don't have any of that, hopefully we'll get a review and Morley will read it uh, in the uh, accent of your choosing. So if you want to give us a review on Podcast Addict or Apple iTunes, those are the two places I know that accept reviews. Uh, if you do write a review, let us know because they don't all come in. Um, let us know where you where you left it, and we will ensure. I, I check all the time, but the way Apple works, it's really hard to find them. Uh, I want to thank TF Turning for the theme song. I want to thank uh, everyone for listening. And... If you want to find us all, you can find us all on all of the usual social media places by searching for Clampcast. Until next time, cheers. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Patreon. Oh, uh, no. Clamp mandation. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll go first because I'm sort of list. Um, <laughs> <laughs>